update on inflation and the U.S. economy, plus the super long term of the stock market. I'm Rich Paz for Critical Point. It's August 22nd. All right, this is a chart. Just put this together. It's a different source for inflation. This line chart shows inflation back. I forget now, 1780s, 1790s. I think I have something back to 1755 or something like that. What I want to point out is if we go back here to the early 1800s, we can see spikes in the U.S. inflation rate. But it turns out most of the time there, those spikes lasted one year, maybe two, a little less frequently, uh, two, three, four years and then occasionally even going out to five. We did have some weird times here in the 1970s. Spiked, slammed it down, but didn't put it all the way back. Now, I'm using as a benchmark of what occurred if it went above 5%, meaning I could care less about inflation going up to 5% as long as it then backs off, okay? So, we've seen this spike going into last year with the inflation. And this chart, uh, charting service or system here doesn't update uh, during the year when I set it for annual, so it's not showing the big setback. Probably gonna have to draw a line to show it, but it's down here now, okay, in this area. So it's come down like that, okay? So to me, this is more like what occurred in the early 1800s. This looks less transitory, after all. Um, and we got too carried away and too bearish last year in the stock market, which is why it's up, okay? So to me, uh, I look at this inflation and I'm saying, gee, you know, it really doesn't spend a lot of time above 5%. We all shouldn't get that carried away here, okay? But no question, when it's above it, we need to evaluate what do we do about it, okay? Let's not let it turn into the 1970s when it averaged, what, 7 or 8% throughout the decade per year, uh, meaning you can double prices in a single decade, okay? Now, there is a cycle of inflation that I think runs about 40 or 60 years, but it can be all over the map in terms of length. But the cycle of inflation is that you start out with early inflation, which actually is a good thing for most of the population. Even though they're spending more, even though they're paying more for things, they also get paid more. Their homes are worth more. The stock market tends to go up anyways, and they get higher interest rates at their banks. Okay, this was especially in the 1950s, 1960s, and you could even make it from late 1930s on into 1960s, okay? Now, it then flips to late inflation. Late inflation is bad, and this is what occurred by the 1970s, even early 80s. Inflation was simply too high, costing us too much, and we were if we were getting pay raises, they were so fast that it was like the businesses just gobbled that money up from us. They just raised their prices just as fast. So we weren't getting it, we were just spinning wheels. And it can eventually burn out by going into hyperinflation, which is what often occurs with third world countries and maybe even some second world countries, okay? And that can lead to a depression that's inflationary, but I've also seen in history that Sometimes that type of inflation depression then converts to yet another depression of deflation. Everything implodes and the country crashes. By 1980, with the uh, hiring of Paul Volcker to run the Fed Reserve, the Fed Reserve was saying they identified these complications and problems 
And Volcker actually helped us from going into hyperinflation and having that type of a depression and blowing up the country. Okay, But it was also a painful way of doing it. Raising interest rates is a very messy, nasty, and it's anti-middle class, it's anti-poor, and it's anti-stock market. But the Federal Reserve think that's great because it changes people's minds and attitudes so they won't spend so much, they won't expand so much, they won't borrow, they won't build businesses. It's basically throwing us in a type of recession to cool off the economy because it's running too fast. Well, I'm getting tired of it. I've lived that all my life, and I'm tired of it, and I'm waking up the fact there's millions of people, not thousands, millions of people in this country that are tired of it, and we're seeing economists wake up to the fact we need to do something about that. We need a different way of fighting inflation. And the inflation this time around was pure greed, all right? Yes, there were supply changes, and we had to try to pay more to try to get more supply. But the problem is the businesses then caught on the idea of, hey, if I have to pay more for my inputs, just double or triple or quadruple that and charge my customers that. Well, fortunately, that's breaking up and going away. But I think now people wake up. We need to identify when there's a crisis in this country and when there is, what industries are benefiting from that and slap them right side the head with taxes or whatever we got to do or surcharges. I think that's coming. I think that's coming. It's going to take a few decades maybe, but I think it's coming that we're going to do something different than just raising interest rates. It doesn't work well enough. We should not have beaten the stock market as much as we did and hurt people, even though, granted, the poor hardly have any stocks at all. Quite a few of the middle class really don't have stocks or very little. Most of the stocks are with the rich, okay? But the point is, we really, it's just a messy way of doing business, okay? So, at any rate, I don't show you the cyclical picture of inflation, but there was a super cycle of inflation uh, put in place here anywhere from 2020 or in 2009 with the great financial crisis or great recession, okay? And on this chart, it is 2009 when I originally called it, but I warned that the interest rates would not bottom for super cycles to about 2020. Whereas the stock market was to bottom in 2009, and it did, okay? And actually, interest rates didn't bottom to 2020, so it worked. But I also said inflation could be caught in between those two when it might bottom 2009 or 2020 or somewhere along that line, okay? Uh, I don't particularly care which it is. If you look at entry-year data, if you look at the data at Federal Reserve sites, you could see inflation was much lower than it was in the 2009 crisis. And you would say, okay, it's got a bottom there. When you look at this annual inflation, when you look at this inflation that comes from a private source, okay, it basically saying, hey, um, you know, it probably bottomed back in 2009. At this point in time, I could care less with it, which it is. It doesn't really matter. Now, at any rate, yes, I think inflation will back off considerable amounts, but I think we can get spikes higher inflation over the next 20 or 30 years. Something has changed. We've had this downtrend from the 1970s or 1980 down like this in inflation, and now it can be up, but it could be up more of a slower pace like this. It doesn't have to explode as high as what we've seen in the past, and I don't think it will, but if it does, I think it'll be brief. We can fix inflation better, easier than in the past, and we're also more creative and productive the way our machine is working, our attitude and work ethic. We just don't need as inflation. So I don't want to scare people that inflation's going higher in the next 20 or 30, 40 years, and we're going back to you know 12% inflation, and then we're going to have 17 to 20% interest rates and blah, blah, blah. I don't think it's going to work that way, and if it does, I think it'll be over a little briefer and won't really make the negative impact 
that it once did, okay? But there are people out there now showing a 60-year cycle of um, inflation, and some are even showing it in interest rates, and they just think things are going higher in the next 20 or 30 years. Well, I did call a super cycle bottom in interest rates in 2020, and interest rates can go higher in the next 20 or 30 years, but there's a once a decade setback that's gonna to relate to a recession, and we're gonna see that at the end of this decade, it can bring interest rates down quite a bit. I don't think we're going back to zero or minus like what we've seen in the last decade or so, but it can bring it back quite a bit, and that's a reset, and then we'll have to put it all the way back up for the, for the next decade high, but also the super cycle high. I just don't think this super cycle has the upside potential in the next 20 or 30 years. And for those who are even looking for inflation all the way out to 2050s, 2060s, and higher commodity prices, I don't see that either. It's not gonna last that long. Okay? I wouldn't be surprised the super cycle for higher interest rates, higher inflation, and higher commodities is all over by 2030. Okay? Could be over that soon. So it's different this time around compared to what prior generations experienced. Just keep in mind though, if you throw out the super cycles, you still have to consider um, that history shows inflation's generally over 5% briefly. Now, this is GDP. And this red line is the real GDP per capita, meaning it's being divided out by the population, per person. What is the economy worth, okay? An economy is worth uh, something like, uh, if I can find it now, if I can hold my mouse, it's in the $50,000 range or something like that. Any rate, um, so that's the red line. It just shows economy always grows. We had a problem in the 1930s. We had a problem in the 1940s, a fallout after World War II. And then we had a super cycle, the most important super cycle downturn in 2008, 2009 for the Great Recession. It was the most important since the 1930s, but not as important. And I correctly called it that way. And I correctly called that it wouldn't be as serious as it could have been for the US, but it was, I said there ought to be a country in the, in the world that it will be a serious, and that was Russia. They were down 85% in their stock market history, repeated for them, did not fully repeat for us. We were able to manage it and control it. This is just gonna continue higher, this GDP, continue higher towards the end of this decade, set back for recession, and then higher next decade, and so on and so forth. Wash, rinse, repeat, it's a cycle. Now this black line is the rate of change of the real GDP per capita, and this gives us a real percent GDP, okay? And it pulled back somewhat here going into 2022. It was supposed to correctly forecast it and other indicators that we were due for a setback even in the stock market last year. But it's looking like we made the correct call. The bottom's in place. Stock market's doing better now. I say stock market up for this decade. I say GDP should remain in the upper side of this range right in here. I don't think it's going over 5%, but it could surprise us go back to 4% later this decade. We'll see some twos, two and a half, threes, three and a half, things like that. I don't think it can go down to one and minus until we get near the end of the decade. And if the super cycles are intact for inflation and inflation won't go minus, I think you'll learn the GDP doesn't go minus either. But I think you'll learn we will still be in some kind of a recession and we'll still see some kind of a bear market that's minus 20 to minus 50%. Okay? But today, it looks like the stock market can move up a huge amount yet this decade. An economy can maintain these decent GDP levels and then the actual GDP itself will just continue to rise. The economy's going to grow, okay? So it looks like we're on track. We're seeing the support of all of this uh, research that the economy ought to move forward. 
This is a chart of interest rates and there is a 60 year cycle according to cyclists is turning up. I'm far more detailed and aggressive how I use cycles and I can never go with one single cycle. Okay, I have to have cycles faster, slower, longer, shorter, however you want to look at it, compare them, build a model clock out of it that then become missile track and I think that makes me one of the best cyclists out there, especially on a long-term basis, intermediate basis. All right, any rate, uh, interest rates have bottomed, they're gonna move higher, but I just don't see that dramatic increase uh, like some are trying to scare us. This chart is a super cycle chart of, it's an annual chart of the S&P 500, but uh, the people over in Poland that created this chart dug up data done by other ones, I uh, other people. I wonder if they found some old data from the foundation for the study of cycles, which today's organization is entirely different than was in the past. I don't pay much attention to it. Uh, but uh, fascinating research where they, they came up with a stock index all the way in the 1700s. But the official indexes that most people watch, such as the Dow Jones and the S&P 500, really started in the 1880s, I believe, okay? And that's that's accurate. Before that, it could be skeptical, there was very little sampling and very little data, but they've actually added this to the S&P 500 to make a much lengthier index. At any rate, we had a uh, the second most important super cycle bottom in the 1860s with the Civil War, okay? Then the most important super cycle bottom occurred in 1930s with the 1929 stock crash when the market fell 89% for the Dow Jones and S&P 500. We then had another second most important bottom in 2009 with the great financial crisis, the recession, and so forth, but it's already record highs, and the model is saying this super cycle could be bullish all the way to about 2050, when we will get only the third most important bear market. It might only be 20 or 50% down, but more likely 40 or 60% down, a bit of drama. And then after that, I say we're gonna see a calmer society, a better society, and we may see it sooner than that. We are working on it, trying to become a better people. We got a long ways to go. We got a lot of bad people to shove out here, clean our system up, and do different things. I think later this century, we are gonna see people demand to work less and less and less and be paid at least the same and then I think we're probably will visit all the basic income and uh, change healthcare, change a lot of things. I think we're gonna clean up all the freedom of speech and social media. You're gonna have to be more careful how you talk and act. I think it's all gonna be great and wonderful. We won't overdo it, okay? We're not gonna destroy freedom of speech and liberty and all that other blah, blah stuff that people are complaining about. It's not gonna go that way, okay? I think it's gonna be a calmer, nicer time, but I also think we'll have calmer stock markets economy, which can be a good thing in terms of managing our economy and our risk, but it could also mean lower yields in the stock market the latter half of this century. It does not look like we're due for like a 1929 crash until maybe late this century, if not even early next century, which has been my best forecast in recent decades when I may change it. And not only that, I wouldn't be surprised we will never see a 1929 crash ever again. And there's ways to fix and make sure that occurs. But that cycle will occur again. It just won't be as bearish as what we've seen in the past, what we may or may not be used to. But look at the trend. Now this is a log chart, so it's a little bit deceiving. Look how bullish this is. But these down years can be 50% down, believe it or not. It's just that this stock market has been so bullish we had to convert a log chart because we can't fit it all on the chart. It's that great of an investment. 
you can't for, for the average American you cannot beat the stock market bonds are not good enough real estate's not good enough gold is a disaster okay is just not good enough you cannot beat the stock market that may change towards later this century because we change to a wealth oriented people instead of a rich oriented people instead of making the rich richer more for the middle class and poor but and maybe the other some of those other things will pick up its pace and the stock market won't do so well but right today everything is on track it's working we're in a super cycle bull market still now for those of you who haven't signed up for my service yet go to criticalpointpod.com sign up okay and uh, you can also scroll through these charts and see that link there and you can also go to criticalpoint.podbean.com bean as b-a-n Either site can lead you to a place to sign up. The first site also gives you information about myself and the modeling because I help you know whether the market's going up on a day-to-day -day basis, week-to-week -week basis. I uh, then have some monthly signals at times, but I'm mostly interested in signals, the most important signals during a year, during a decade, and for the decade. And believe it or not, I even have a once-a-decade buy-sell signal allowed me to sell near I mean within hours of the high of highest price in 2020 and by the bottom within two days of the lowest price in 2020 and I still own some investments from them they're up over a hundred percent and those same type of investments I've had on and off a little bit since 2009 and I've at times been up 1,200% on those investments. Check out what I've got. I can help you from the very short term to the very long term. You can be a sleepy type investor, and I can help you. You can be a very aggressive and worry wart type investor, and this modeling can help you. Past results are not necessarily indicative of future results. Please pass this on to other people, and thank you.